Awesome. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you can. Great. Very good. We didn't do a test run of this, but good to hear that it's all working. It's great to be with you tonight. Uh, if I haven't met you already, it's, it's um, awesome to have you along. My name's Trav. I'd love to um, meet you afterwards. Um, I've mentioned part of this story in a message before, so I apologize if you've heard it, but um, a few years back, uh, my wife and I, Lauren, were heading away um, on our honeymoon, and we were at the airport, and um, we found ourselves in a, a bit of a dilemma. Uh, we were heading uh, over to the US. Um, this is, you might remember, international travel, when that was a thing. Um, we were heading over to the US on our honeymoon, and uh, someone had forgotten to organise our travel visas to the US. Um, that someone was me, and it was, um, it, was a, it was a very harsh reality, a very rude awakening for us. Um, and so we had to quickly apply for our travel visas um, bef- at the airport before we left. And um, we had a connecting flight over to uh, New Zealand, and then we had a stopover, and then we were going off to uh, the US after. So we just had to hope that on our flight over to New Zealand, our travel visas would be approved and we could um, go from there. Thankfully, uh, just before the flight left, we were checking on our phones and they got approved and we, were, we could you know, breathe a sigh of relief. But uh, when we landed in New Zealand, that was when the dilemma occurred. Because we weren't sure if we were gonna get into the US in the first place, the airline we were with, um, organised for us to get off at New Zealand and then go and grab our bags and then check them into our new flight to the US, as opposed to them just loading the bags onto the, the continual flight all the way through. So we had a bit of a mission when we, when we got off the plane in New Zealand, and that was to go and find our bags in this airport we'd never been to, um, grab them, go through all the customs, you know, go, pretty much leave the airport um, and then come back into our new flight um, for, for the final leg. And um, the problem was, it, it was literally like we were on a mission. We had 20 minutes to get this sorted. And so as soon as, um, oh, what had happened actually, what had happened was the, the airline told us, and we were like, that sounds really stressful. And they said, don't worry, don't worry. We'll have someone there with you. To, um, to sort it out. You'll just, you know, when you get off the plane, you'll go and see them, kind of like they'll be holding a sign and um, you just kind of, they'll sort you out. And so we're like, okay, sounds good. The plane landed and, um, and we were the people that stood up as soon as it landed, even though we were like midway, sitting midway through the plane, we were those people, then pushed our way to the front and uh, we got off and we're looking, we're looking for this person, you know. Oh, we see someone waiting at the end. We run over and introduce, you know, I'm, I'm Travis, this is Lauren. And they just stare at us. And they go, and? Like, what do you, and yes? And we're like, oh, we, you know, we were told that someone would be here for us. And like, no, no, that's, that's not me. And so we were like, oh, no. Our panic brains took over a bit and we were like, we've got 20 minutes to, to sort this out. Otherwise, we're gonna miss our, our next flight. There's nothing like a bit of airport anxiety to get you moving, I swear. And um, so we quickly, you know, we, we were running all over the airport, just, just back and forth, just, you know, not making wise decisions, just not being level-headed, um, running back and forth. And we, we finally got our bags and we were just running rampant, trying to find where we were meant to go. And we finally made it to where we were exiting, that final customs part for when we exit. And we turned the corner um, and we'd wasted all but five minutes of our time. We had five minutes to get through this final part. 
And it was just peak hour at this uh, final checkout. There was, it's just, the line would have been 100 people deep and we were just like, no, we were like so close. How did this happen? We were just so, so stressed, so anxious, so frustrated. And um, by this point in my head, I was like, okay, um, how much money can we get back for that accommodation? You know, when can we get the next flight? Like I'd given up, I'd, I'd completely given up hope in this, in this scenario. And just as we came to that point of going, we're not gonna make it, like this is game over. A very official airport worker walked past us, very official looking person. And uh, we just jumped at them. We just jumped on them and quickly, like, cause we had limited time. We just gave them dot points of our stressful scenario and, and you know, how desperately we needed help. And um, the, the person must have thought we were nuts, but, um, to our surprise, they sprang into action. They, they, they looked at us and they went, yep, no worries, here we go. And they took us, just swept us up under their wing, took us to the front of the line, like past all these people who are just staring at us go past, like, what are you doing? And we, we walked with this person. And every time someone would give us a bit of a look, like, what's going on? Our, our airport worker, I say our, our airport worker would flash their lanyard at them and they go, oh, okay, yep, no worries. He'd, he'd flash their lanyard, his lanyard at them as if to say, don't worry, these guys are with me. And uh, we got to customs, we che- he checked us out really quick and we, we made it to our next flight and he, he, you know, we were all sorted, he got us all sorted um, and then he just disappeared. We didn't even get a chance to say thank you, just disappeared. I think he ascended back into heaven because he was an angel. <laughs> Um, that's what I think. Um, but we were certainly blessed by, uh, by him helping us out in that moment. And uh, it, it, upon reflection, it, it's, it's an oddly powerful moment. Like it's, a, it's a, a powerful experience, you know, to be utterly helpless in this moment, uh, but then, you know, rescued by someone who extends their power to you. You know, we could not have jumped the queue. Well, we could have, but it would have caused a bit of a stir if we jumped the queue um, without this person. But when we were with them, we could, we could make it and we did make it. And, uh, you know, whilst this person didn't, didn't say it verbally, uh, what they were saying with their actions was essentially, don't worry, you're with me. You know, don't stress, you're with me. I've got it, it's all good. And we just went along with what they it's a powerful statement, you're with me. And as we, uh, we continue in our series in Jeremiah tonight, uh, and we look at the opening chapter, we look at uh, the call God gives to Jeremiah over his life, we see a, a call that is, that is similar in nature, uh, but of a much larger, more important scale than just an airport worker to Lauren and myself. We see a call from God himself reaching out to Jeremiah and saying to him, Jeremiah, you are with me. Jeremiah, you are with me. So let's read together uh, as we read Jeremiah 1, verses 1 to 10. The version I've got written down is a little bit different um, to what will be on the screen, but um, let's follow along. Verse 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. 
to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Amon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Did you make it through those names? They're pretty, I had to look them up a bit to um, make sure I got them right. Verse four, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. We see uh, God reaching out to Jeremiah and saying to him, Jeremiah, you are with me. I've got plans for you. I've got plans that are different to what you thought you were gonna do with your life. In fact, Jeremiah, I have set you apart before I formed you in the womb. I knew you and had you set apart. In fact, before you did anything, before you made any choice whatsoever, I have commissioned you. I've given you a greater purpose. And, and no, it's not because you have particular skills, not because you have any talents or there's particular qualities about you that, that I desire, but because I have willed it, says the Lord. You see, God was calling Jeremiah out of what Jeremiah had planned for his own life and into what God had planned and purposed for him. At the time of God's call, we read Jeremiah uh, was a priest living in Jerusalem. And so for Jeremiah, being a priest meant that he should hold some kind of sacred status. Uh, but Jeremiah was, was not one of the elite priests who, who controlled the, the temple in Jerusalem. Instead, we read he was from Anathoth, a non-Judean town north of Jerusalem. So, you know, he's, he's living in Jerusalem. He's essentially an outsider. He's, he's not from his, his land. He's not an active priest. He, he doesn't have a means for an income uh, like the other priests. He, he's basically, he's, he's an unemployed refugee is what he is. He's displaced from his ancestral land. And then secondly, he is a Benjaminite, um, an identity he shares with Israel's, Israel's failed first king, Saul. So he, he's on the fringes of society. You know, he's, he's, he's not particularly uh, influential. He's not really looked upon as being important. He's, he's not of great influence, of status. There's nothing, you know, that sticks out about Jeremiah. 
And he was just intending on being a priest, having a, a life that was um, routined and you know, set structures and priests were very predictable kind of lifestyle. So when he hears God's call to become a prophet, you know, a prophet is someone who will go around and address whole nations and those nations probably won't even listen to him, to be honest. It's a life that is spontaneous, that is led by God's calling each and every moment. You never know what's gonna happen when you're a prophet. Naturally, Jeremiah shrinks back and, and he go, in verse six, he says, behold, I don't know how to speak is what he says to the Lord. I'm a youth, I don't know what I'm doing. He's saying, I'm incapable, Lord. I'm too young. You know, I don't know how to speak. No one's gonna listen to me. Um, I'm not ready yet. You've got the wrong Jeremiah. And um, you know, these excuses, the fear, the, the doubts from Jeremiah pour out here. And, and I, I totally get it. I think we can all understand this. You know, God, have you, are, you, are you right? Like, have you called the, the right person here? Like, is this, is this right? You know, I was thinking about it. Jeremiah was probably part of the 77% of the world's population who experience anxiety with public speaking. Did you know that? 77% of the world's population experience anxiety with public speaking. A stat I came across said that the top phobia in the world is public speaking. And the second one is death. So people would rather die than get up and speak publicly to a group of people. That's how, that's how intense this phobia is. And Jeremiah probably, probably was one of those people. Uh, I have an awful cringe memory of um, in grade 12, I was part of this group that uh, uh, we were invited to go and speak at this speaking, public speaking competition at a local Rotary Club. And uh, there was a group of maybe 50 to 60 people there. And uh, the, one, one part of the competition was you had to, you got given two impromptu questions and uh, you got 60 seconds to answer uh, each of them. So two minutes all up, you had to just think on the spot and answer these questions. And what they had was they had a little person at the back who ha like had a little bell. And when the 60 seconds was up, they would ring that bell so you knew to stop and you could you know, finish up your, your answer. The thing with me was that I didn't need that bell person because for 60 seconds, I froze and did not say a word in this room. And the question was probably simple. It was probably, what's two plus two? And I just froze and didn't say a word. I don't know what was worse, whether it was for me or the, the people who had to just stand there and watch me, sit there and watch me just stare into space. I remember in my mind thinking, please, bell person, just ring the bell. Like, pull me out of my misery. What are you doing? But no, they were fair. They waited the whole 60 seconds. <laughs> Maybe this guy's gonna make a comeback. I don't know, they were thinking. Awful cringe memory. We all have those memories that just pop up. But it's a, it's a good reminder uh, for me, to be honest, because I, I couldn't imagine that years later, uh, God would call me into a vocation where, you know, public speaking is a part of that. And, um, you know, I'd semi-regularly be speaking in, in front of groups um, of, of this sort of size. And it's mind-boggling to think um, that that's the case now. And um, the point is, it's, it's, not about, it's not about me. It's not about um, anything that I've done. In fact, it's not about anything that Jeremiah has done either. This story is not even about Jeremiah. 
It's about God. It's about God's power, God's might, God's strength, God's words. It's all about God himself. This call that God gives to Jeremiah is about God himself. Jeremiah will speak God's words. He will do God's bidding. His safety and survival will be the result of God alone. His words will be powerful. You know, through them, he will, he will destroy and reestablish whole nations. That's, that's incredible power. But their power comes from God, not the prophet. God calls the incapable so that they might be used by his capability. God calls the incapable so that they may be used by his capability, his power, his strength. And so Jeremiah, he, he says back to the Lord, I'm not ready, you know, I can't do this. I, I can't speak, I'm too young. The world won't listen to me. And God says to him, don't say that. I am with you. Don't say that because I am with you. I have set you apart, Jeremiah. You are not alone. You are with me. Can you take a moment to imagine the rush of hope, of courage, you know, directly hearing from God saying, you know, you are with me. Uh, the rush of, of joy, the excitement, the assuredness, the rest, the peace that filled Jeremiah's heart in that moment. Can you, can you imagine that? And I wonder what those words from the Lord might do in our hearts collectively and individually here tonight. If we were to hear those words from God in our lives, you know, what would change for you if, you if you knew and if you believed and if you knew the fullness of the fact that God has known you before you were, um, before you were knitted together in your mother's womb? You know, before your parents had the idea to conceive you, you were known by God and set apart by God. How would that change things for you? How would that change your everyday life if you knew that there, you'd been set apart you know, that, that maybe there's stuff that's happened in your life that you're like, how can, that, you know, how can that be God's plan? How can that have worked out? How might that change things for you if you knew that God has set you apart and has a plan and a purpose for your life? You know, and the fact that God does not see your inadequacies and um, your, your inability to do things, but he says, you're with me. How would those words directly to you not just to the people around you. I know how these things work when we hear these messages in church and we go, oh, this is great for the people around me. No, for you tonight. God is here with you. If you're worried that you, like Jeremiah, are not ready to follow God's call, um, you might not even feel like uh, you've heard God's call or something's, there's something about you that's, I don't know, you're not able to do that. Uh, maybe you feel like you won't receive God's call and that's perfect because God calls the incapable. God calls the incapable. If you're there going, I, I'm incapable, I can't do this. Perfect. God is calling you. 
For Jeremiah, God called him through an, um, an audible voice. God reached down to Jeremiah himself. For us here today, God calls us by sending his son, Jesus. And so I'm gonna read a few verses that speak to this. Um, follow, let's, let's follow along. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. 1 Peter 2.10 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ephesians 1, four to six. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. If there's any denial in your heart, any cynicism in your heart, any hardness there that, that says this message isn't for me, you know, this, this isn't for me. I've, I've, I've gone too far. I've done stuff that, that, you know, I can't be part of God's plan. Allow him to speak through those words. Allow him to speak to your heart tonight. We are adopted into himself so that we may partake in his divine nature and be used for his divine purposes and plans. We, like Jeremiah, are set apart not because of anything we can do, not because of, of how, how necessarily our gifts or talents or anything like that, but because God wills it because God is a gracious and loving God who loves each and every one of us. His plan for us is to be adopted into sonship through Jesus Christ and to take our place as part of his possession. In fact, to be part of his royal priesthood you're priests if you're in Christ Jesus. You may never have thought you'd be a priest in your life. But if you're in Christ, if you're in Christ, you are part of his royal priesthood. That's a calling over your life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is God's message to us, to the, to the whole world, to all, in fact, that God has a plan of redemption for our lives. And it's only through Jesus that we are adopted into his sonship. You know, it's only through Jesus that we can, we can fully hear his call in, in its fullness and that we can obey his call. It's only being brought to bow down at the foot of the Father, being carried to the foot of the Father by Jesus himself, that we can, we can understand God in fullness when God says, you are with me. This is how today we can hear God's call, by accepting and following Jesus. If you ask someone on the street today, a, uh, just you know, a, a non-church-going person, a non-believer, whatever you wanna call it, 
If you ask them if they believed that there was a higher purpose for their lives, a higher plan, or if they believed in fate or something to that extent, over 50% of people would answer yes, according to a, a 2015 study. 50, over 50% of people would believe that there is some higher power, some kind of fate that's guiding their lives. The same study says that 30% of people believe uh, that a zodiac sign, you know, an astrological sign based on uh, what time of the year you were born, uh, can tell you something about yourself or, or someone else. The belief in, in a higher power uh, revealing our lives plan to us is probably not as uncommon in the secular world as, as you would think. Even in a, in a quasi-religious sense, uh, people that, that you know, aren't, aren't fully believers or aren't, wouldn't say that they're fully Christians uh, may even express a belief in, in God's plan for their life. You know, just this, this underlying sense of that God has a purpose um, they're trusting in God's plan, even though they're not fully walking with Jesus as such. You know, it's not uncommon to see this in um, celebrities, um, maybe actors and actresses as they accept awards at awards night, they might thank God and, and you know, and sort of add that to the start or in, um, in athletes, you know, successful athletes as they post pictures on their, on their social media, um, usually caption them with... Um, with a, a caption that implies a trust in God for their life's purpose, um, to, to imply a trust in God for how successful they are and um, their fast cars and their mansions and all of that sort of stuff comes from th- th- this being God's purpose, God's plan for their lives. And the world is rife with these kind of statements and beliefs. Uh, but ultimately, this attitude towards God's plan is, is empty. It's, it, it's nothing, really. It's, it's, it might be a positive attitude, a bit of a positive outlook on life, but it's not a yielding to God. It's not, an, it's not stepping into this adoption to sonship through Christ that happens. It's, it's this kind of thinking that, that God's plan is, is, to, is to bring about um, happiness or kind of you know, um, temporary happiness or worldly happiness or worldly success, worldly wealth and, and all these things. Um, and this type of attitude seeks to shape God to our world. You know, God, um, come and meet our purposes Come and fulfill our will is what that kind of attitude says rather than for us to be shaped by his. Here's the thing. When we come to accept Jesus as our only way, we step out of death. We step out of the old, out of that old worldly way of thinking, worldly way of operating and into life as God's saints. That's what his word says, God's saints, his possession, his heritage, so that we no longer live by our wills, but his will. That's the reality of, of, of turning to Jesus and, and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And God's plan for his children's lives is, is not to keep pursuing after stuff that the world would, would say as, as your purpose, that as the world would say is success or is... Um, 
is fulfillment. To not keep living to according to what we want, to amass all these things. But he says, come and take your place in the royal priesthood. Come and be a priest, is what he says. You might be thinking, what does that even mean? What does that mean to be a priest? However that looks in your life, whether you are a a business owner, whether you are a healthcare worker, whether you're in education, you might be a cleaner, a trades worker, a a data entry worker, you might be in law or you might be even in politics. God is saying, be a priest there. Go and be a priest there. Be my possession in that place. Go and be part of what I'm doing. Wherever you are placed, there is a call on your life to take part in His priestly calling, to love others, to share the good news wherever you are, to exhort, to edify others, to minister to them, whatever your capacity is. There is no hierarchy of importance. These people are more important. No, we are all priests. We are all part of God's special possession through Christ. And through that, we are not our own. We are not our own. Our lives are not our own when we are in Christ. We are God's possession. Our work is not our own, but God's. Your calling, if you are in Christ, is higher than just earning a living, than living life, just earning a living, having holidays and doing all that stuff. Your calling is higher than that. It's higher than the the Monday to Friday, nine to five. God has called each and every one of us and he's calling us tonight as well to himself through his son, Jesus. He's calling us to stop living according to our own will, our own desires, the the stuff that we desperately wanna, wanna achieve, our own glories. And instead, come and live for His glory. He says, don't make excuses for yourself that you're incapable, that you're not ready, that you just need more time. God is saying to you tonight, you are with me. I will do my work through you, in and through your life. You have been chosen and consecrated and formed and appointed for a great purpose. And there's, there's, I'm sure there's people tonight who, who just do not think that about themselves. Allow God to speak into your life right now. You're chosen and consecrated and formed and appointed for, for a great purpose, a purpose that you can never fully imagine. Because God's authority, the living God, His authority, not your own, is behind your going. It's behind your speaking. And because God himself will be with you to deliver you in all trials. That changes things for our lives, doesn't it? Imagine what our lives would look like if if we knew that, that God was, was calling us to a greater purpose. Imagine what would change for us in the day-to-day, in the week-to-week, how we would think about our future, how we'd think about our past as well, knowing that God has formed us before we, could even, before we were even conceived. 
there's a call here over our lives that uh, we're, not, we're not forced into, our hand is not forced in this situation. We get to, we get to respond to this. But it, it is a call that requires response. It requires an answer from us. You know, if, if we're to take hold of this, it, it requires a, a dying to ourselves, a handing over of our personhood, of our wills to God. And, and we might sort of stick our noses up at that and go, What's, that's just so intense. Like, that's just so, that's just so weird. Like, why is that, you know, why does God want me to do that? The reality is when we bring those things out of darkness into light, when we hand over our wills to Him, we so quickly see that our wills, our plans for our own lives are, are like dirty rags compared to the glories of His. Dirty rags. So let's come and hand it over. And just as the band come up, we're gonna t- just take time just to, to spend uh, time with God and, and respond to this. But I, I wanna tell you, come and take note of that. Take that to heart. If God has said something specifically, there's maybe a call on your life that maybe you've been resisting because you're, you're just not sure that God is, you know, that, that you're capable, that this is gonna be right. Maybe you're waiting till you're a bit older or something like that. Write it down. Write that call down and, and, and obey Him. Follow Him because He is with you. He will work through you. So as we come to worship, we come to respond to Him, we, we get an option. We get to say, Lord, we get a chance, in fact, to say, Lord, I am coming with you. I'm on board with your plan here tonight. Why don't we stand together and I'm gonna pray and uh, we'll, we'll take the time to, to respond and worship and uh, spend time with, with God here tonight. Let me pray. Oh, great God, we thank you for your word, which reveals your sovereignty, reveals your power, reveals your goodness, your grace. And the fact that you know each and every one of us in this room, you know everyone, in fact, and you have a plan that's purposed for each of our lives. You love us, Lord, despite our inadequacies, despite our inabilities. And you have individualized a plan for us. And Lord, as we, as we, as we come to respond, as we, as we take the time to sing and declare our, our availability to your call, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit, come and knock on our hearts, Lord. Come and, and press on us, Lord, to, to, to step into to something that we've just been avoiding, to, to follow you, God, no matter what the worldly cost is, to our worldly livelihoods or our, our own personal wills, Lord. We wanna submit to your will. And that's hard. Holy Spirit, we need your help to do that. Come and dwell within us, Lord, as we, as we sing, as we go from here in fact, Lord, as we've heard your word and now we go and enact it, now we go and live it out. I pray you're with us through each and every moment sustaining us, persevering for us, empowering us. We love you, Lord. We long to see your will come to fruition in our lives.
pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Philippians 3, 7 says, But whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. In order that I may find Christ and be found in Him. Not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him and that I may know His power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead, that I have already obtained this and am already perfect but I instead press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made it His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I believe there's a call for us as a church, for maybe those of us gathered and those gathered online. Is it's, Tonight it's a letting go. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's a letting go of doing things in your own strength. Maybe it's a letting go of trying to prove yourself to God or to other people. Maybe it's a letting go of things of self. Maybe it's a letting go. I was reminded this week, the Word of God says there's two roads. There's the broad road and then there's the small narrow road and not many people find it. And for you tonight, maybe it's a letting go of the things that charm and say, God, I count all of that as loss. It's a dying to self to know you and to be busy doing the things that you call to do, to love you and to go and love others, to go and tell of the great love of Jesus. And so the call tonight is this, and this is only between you and God, not from me, is a fresh surrenderance tonight to the things of God. 
So we're just going to sing this just again. I don't know if you want to do this or not. You may want to kneel in your seat or maybe you want to come and just ask for prayer. One of the pastors would love to pray for you. And to say, God, I am letting go of my own pursuits my own identity that I've got myself wrapped up in and I'm coming before you humbly. Because it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so will you do that? Can we just just sing this one last time, just a little bit more? And if that's you, I'm gonna invite you just to either kneel or come forward and seek prayer. There may be no one, but that's okay. Will you do that? Come on, let's just sing that one last time. the cry of our heart tonight and so Father we come we say Lord you can have it all Lord God and Lord we know that it's a big call Lord you know your spirit will be prompting and guiding and putting your finger on areas but our heart is that you will have it all but we need your Holy Spirit's power to help begin to release things in our lives Lord and so now I pray we'll be known as a church that counts it all as loss Lord, and comes and sees the great work of your Holy Spirit. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to extend to you, and for those online as well, is uh, we'd love to pray for you. And so don't let that opportunity go. Uh, If you've got questions of faith, things about Jesus that you want to know about, come and talk with us. We'd love to do that journey with you as well. Uh, So don't ignore these moments. If the Holy Spirit's been prompting you, do that as well. Uh, God bless. Uh, You can go and into the Connect Lounge. You can go out and eat food or you can sit in here and chill out. And for all those online, God bless. We look forward to catching up with you next week as well.